On this episode of Halloween 365, the boys are out and Justin is all alone, so gather some wood and some marshmallows. It's time for Tales from the Campfire. You're at the end of your trip. There's a good chance you may never leave here alive. Ooh, welcome back to the Halloween 365 podcast. I'm your host, Justin, and uh, yeah, you've made it. Uh, it's just me being alone, but it's okay, because this is the only place where you're going to get horror 24-7 and Halloween 365. As I stated at the very beginning, the boys are out. Um, Chad had to work. It's a WrestleMania weekend also, so both of them are going to be enjoying that. On the other hand have nothing but free time, so here I am for you, ladies and gentlemen, for the fans, cutting you an episode with my own little music, uh, doing something a little bit different today. Uh, as I stated at the very beginning, we're going to do the Campfire Tales. Now, if you have watched any of our YouTube videos, you know that we've done one of these before, um, and that's kind of what the plan is today. I uh, think it came from Reddit, but... Uh, the story is not necessarily um, a story from somebody that you don't know. So basically, I'm going to tell you a story about a friend of mine and a creepy encounter he had. And I'm not going to tell you uh, if there's truth or not behind it. It's up for you to decide. Um, but, but... Uh, before that, we've got lots of things that I need to report on. Stuff that you guys are going to miss out on if uh, I don't step up the game here. And that's the reason why I'm here. That's the reason why I'm doing the episode instead of watching WrestleMania. So don't worry. Sit back. Relax. For the next 30, 40 minutes, the Halloween 365 podcast has got you. Uh, there are 212 days as of right now, the recording of this video, uh, which is the second april the second so 212 days until halloween ladies and gentlemen i don't know if i can wait that long i don't know if i can take it i'm really uh anticipating halloween this year i there's a couple of things that i would have uh enjoyed doing uh in the previous halloween and did not get the chance so this year i'm gonna do it uh, but that brings me to our news. Uh, the Halloween news that we have throughout the week. Now, this can be Halloween slash horror, anything like that. If you've never listened to us before, we just give you a quick rundown. Sometimes we go a little bit deeper, but uh, we'll see how I'm feeling today. There are quite a few things, actually. And one of the main things uh, that I wanted to talk about is Halfway to Halloween is coming. And Shudder knows it just as well as the Halloween 365 podcast knows it. Because Shudder has just released their lineup for their Halfway to Halloween. And, uh, I'm kind of excited. I don't, um, I haven't had Shudder in a little while. But let's see. Maybe it's got something on here that's making it worth a purchase for people out there that don't have it. Uh, they've got the movie The Ripper, uh, Kids vs. Aliens, The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs, uh, the Boulay Brothers, Halfway to Halloween TV Special, um, as well as From Black, which is a new film premiere 
um, that they're going to have for the halfway into Halloween, which looks to be centered around Halloween and macabre, um, as well as many other of your favorite films and Shutter classics. If you want the full lineup, you're going to have to go to their website because they're just giving us teases here. And that's okay because it's enough to get me excited because the 212 days doesn't seem so far once you've got reassurance like halfway to Halloween happening and making sure that you stay in that spirit. So that is why we're going to tune into Shudder and we're going to enjoy the halfway to Halloween. Now, I want to talk other Halloween news, stuff that was just announced, but it's not for this year. It is for 2024, which is the East Coast Haunters Convention. Uh, April 25th through 28th, the East Coast Haunters Convention will take place in 2024 in the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center, located in Oaks, Pennsylvania. Uh, I'm wanting to actually make a a plane trip to this would it not be cool i mean we need to do a live video uh of us from the podcast actually showing up to the haunters convention because how could you have a haunters convention with without the guys that are constantly reporting i mean we're giving all these people free publicity come on pay some respect to your boys out here on the pod um something else that was reported for halloween news something that i personally was excited about uh, was that the Exorcist Reagan uh, animatronic returns, the one that we had last year. Uh, it's going to be in Spirit of Halloween for 2023. They just re-announced it, and that's the one where she's acting like she's vomiting. Uh, it was a super cool animatronic, and I was pretty pumped to see that it even came back. I don't think I've got the money to get it. Um, but still, also in the news, uh, Renfield is going to be coming out soon. We also have Evil Dead coming out very soon. Um, and maybe that'll get you through the holidays that are coming up. If you guys have to deal with Easter or uh, anything else uh, that's going to be celebrated in the month of April. Because we know that we're full of... I mean, we already talked about it. The holidays episode. We gave you alternate stuff to go and uh, celebrate this year. So it's up to you. Uh, but to keep you in the Halloween spirit, uh, there's lots of horror movies being released this month. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, but... I do believe that that's all of the Halloween news that I currently have at the Momento. With that being said, I guess that I can just uh, dip right into the main part of this episode. The story that I'm going to tell today is one that I heard a long time ago from a friend of mine. One of the scariest places in the U.S., in my personal opinion, is the Appalachian Mountains. Uh, it's an old mountain range. Uh, there's lots of beliefs of cryptids that roam these mountains. And it's not just conspiracy theories. Um, these tales go back to tribes, uh, Native American tribes that were even here. Speaking of cryptids, uh, Wendigos, uh, Bigfoot, um, the Black Dog um, was a main cryptid that I heard about whenever I was young. Um, as well as uh, the Wendigo, Wampus Cat. Oh, that, that's another one. So the Appalachian Mountains themselves, deep, dark, full of life. Um, lots of places where I would say have not been explored. And I've lived here uh, my entire life, and so has uh, my friend, which the story I'm about to tell uh, belongs to. And 
I'm not going to say that it's impossible because of the things that I have seen myself or heard in these forests. Um, but an old friend of mine uh, named Keith used to tell me stories every morning whenever we were in high school of things that happened or things that he saw near in the forest near his house whenever we were young. And uh, this particular part of the Appalachian Mountains, this little section that he lived in, um, was always referred to locally as Monster Road. Now, you've heard me talk about that before on the podcast, um, but locally, we don't know why it ever got that name. Um, I mean, you can hear tales, but why did it actually get it? Why is it stuck? Who knows? But Monster Road is what it is known as, and... After the stories that Keith used to tell me, especially this one, I think I have a pretty good idea of why they call it Monster Road. And although I do drive down the road at night alone, um, still to this day, I don't know if I would get out and walk around. But Keith, my friend, uh, was lucky or unlucky enough to live on this road, uh, as a matter of fact, he was the only house for almost a mile uh, on this road, and his family's house sits on uh, a little plot of land, like two or three acres. And so Keith's telling me this story, and I'm getting a pretty good picture of it. Um, because I, I know the layout of the land and I know his house, but what he tells me is that the story that happened to him was on a summer night. And summer nights in the Appalachian Mountains, uh, dare I say, is uh, one of the most peaceful things that a human can experience. Imagine if you can. I mean, if you've got the time, you can pause, you can close your eyes if you've never done this, but imagine if you can a clear, starry night. And you're sitting in the damp grass with a subtle summer breeze that brushes by you. It wisps against your skin, but you're still secure. You can feel the ground underneath you, the dew on the blades of grass, the soil underneath your feet. But even with being secure by the ground, you're surrounded by darkness and the forest a forest filled with old creaking trees and full of insects and bugs and animal life, all chirping simultaneously. It is darkness, but it's not complete darkness. Because there's a constant flicker of fireflies that go on and then off all throughout the forest. And it's almost like everything's playing in sync. The crickets, the cicadas, the toads the fireflies that are lighting up and dimming themselves, playing together with the breeze, the wet grass, the star-filled sky, something that you, uh, you can't really beat, and it's a summer like that here in Appalachia um, most of the time, and it's the exact same thing that Keith was experiencing on the night that this happened. So Keith was sitting on the grass at the edge of his 
property line where it meets the tree line. Sitting in the wet grass, staring up at the starry sky, only thing he could hear was the sound of the cicadas, the crickets, the toads. Living here his whole life, just like me, uh, Keith, like many others, just get used to all of it. Uh, but this night, with the damp grass beneath his hands and his feet, the sounds of life in the forest and the fireflies lighting the way, something just seemed off to him. Now, I remember him telling me that he, he couldn't explain it, uh, that it was something that he just couldn't put into words. And as he's telling me this story, his face is blank, it's pale. So I'm taking him very seriously. Whenever he says that something was off, especially on a night like that, I mean, it sounds picturesque whenever you really sit and listen to it. But something seemed off to Keith that night, and he couldn't put his finger on it immediately. Something changed. It was uh, a feeling in the air, maybe? What could give me this feeling, he thought. The feeling you get whenever you walk down a hallway, and it feels like there's something on the other end behind you, walking closer. Even if you run, it might get you. That feeling. Keith was perplexed. Because all he had done was sit in the grass and enjoy the night, just like he'd done several other nights that he'd lived in the house with his family. Another summer breeze ran through the trees, and at that moment, when it did, all of the toads, all of the crickets, all of the cicadas, they all came to an abrupt silence. A halt. Almost as if nature was warning the trees creaking and the wind blowing were now the only two sounds that were coming from this deep, dark forest. What would make everything go so quiet? Now, on full alert, Keith stared wide-eyed deep into the darkness that was sitting in front of him. The darkness of the Appalachian Mountains, the mountains that he'd grown up with, the mountains that he knew almost like the back of his hand, or so he thought. Waiting to see movement, to see if something was there, but but where? How close was it? How close could it be? What could it be? No movement now? I don't hear anything, Keith thought. No movement? No wind? The creaking trees have stopped? The wind has completely stopped? I don't understand, Keith said to himself. Eyes becoming dry from staring deep into the darkness and not blinking, he quickly decides to glance behind him. Gotta measure the distance between him and his house. He takes a quick glance. He can see his porch light off in the distance. Had to be a thousand feet behind him. Not too far of a run, especially if you're running quickly. It's the exact thoughts that ran through his head. And whenever he's telling me this in school, I'm sitting here kind of like did he make this up is he writing this is this fake but no he can see his porch light and he knows that's where i've got to go if anything happens i'm fine for now but if anything happens that's where i've got to go it was his safe haven he thought i can run back to the house if i need to relax relax he kept repeating to himself calm down it's probably just another animal happens all the time the forest is full of them it can't be that close he muttered to himself 
And then, calmly, now relaxed, Keith turns his vision from his house back to the forest in front of him. What is were the only words that left Keith's lips? Because at that moment, while staring into the darkness, the fireflies... What is... were the only words that left Keith's lips? Because while he was staring into the darkness, the fireflies lit the forest up again, letting Keith see that only ten feet in front of him were a pair of red glowing eyes. Eyes that were not level with his eyesight. Eyes that he had to look up to into the darkness while the fireflies briefly lit up the canopy of the forest. Then the light faded. Every ounce of breath dropped from Keith's chest as he started putting his weight on the palms of his hands and on the edges of his feet, ready at any moment to stand up and start running toward the house. He can feel the wet grass beneath his hands. Is that the grass, or is that his palms? He couldn't tell at this point. Keith was in a panic, and whenever he was telling me, he was having trouble getting the words out, which made me believe it even more. And then he tells me that as he's getting ready to stand up, he's thinking, how is it that tall? What? What is eight feet tall and has red eyes? Then, as soon as that thought went through his head, he said that another flicker from the fireflies happened in the forest. The next thought is, I should have ran. I should have ran, he said. Because at this time, when the floor, when the forest lit up with the fireflies, the light gleamed off of something. Something that was no longer ten feet in front of him. Something that was directly in front of his face in the darkness. The light was gleaming off of teeth. Off of the red eyes. And off of something that looked to be like antlers from the top of the creature's head. With only two feet in front of him in the darkness, Keith got a glimpse of why every animal in the area had fled. But this time, it wasn't eight feet tall. This time, it was hunched over the top of Keith. And it was snorting and grunting as it contorted its jet black body, making sounds like cracking bones. Keith screamed as he quickly pushed himself up off the grass, not wasting a moment and turning his back to the creature, running straight for the only light that he could see in the field, which was his porch light. Moving as fast as he can move, hoping and praying that it's not behind him. Shit! Fuck! Keith screamed as he slipped in the dew-covered grass, and he fell to his knees again, and then a tug. A tug on his shirt, is what Keith said. At this point, when he's telling me the story, I'm in disbelief. I can't... What? But he said a tug. A tug on my shirt. is the first thing that he thought. And then, one last glance behind him, as he picked himself up off the grass again, he could see an almost skeletal-like hand that had grasped his shirt. And that's all he needed to see. Off again he went, as fast as he could go, running through the darkness. There's no way that it's following me. 
Go, he shouted to himself. This time, there's no way he's going to fall. It's the only thing he could focus on was getting back to the house. Don't fall. Don't fall. Don't fall. It's all he kept telling me whenever he was repeating this. And the only light to save him was the porch light. And it seemed like the field was getting darker behind him. I don't think it's chasing me, he was thinking to himself. The only thing that Keith could hear was his own footsteps. It is chasing him, and he's got a long ways to go to the porch. How fast was it? It's definitely running behind him. He can hear it, but it doesn't sound like footsteps. There was no thumping sound of feet like you would expect. The only thing that he could hear behind him was the sound of a strong wind cutting through weeds, almost as if a whistling noise, accompanied by a high-pitched shriek that he had not heard up until now. The same kind of shriek that you hear about in the Appalachian forest that people just shrug off and blame on a wild cat or a cougar. But this one was behind him, and it was running at him, standing on two legs. Every hair stood on their end while Keith was now out of breath and could feel it getting closer behind him. The light is right there, he thought. It's right at the edge. I'm near the porch. Now the beating of thumps instead of the whistling sound of weeds were behind him. Another glance revealed to Keith that this time it wasn't running on two legs. It was on all four, and it was getting so close to him. I won't make it, Keith screamed. Then his shoe slides again in the wet grass, sending him forward. As soon as Keith lost his footing, he said that he closed his eyes because he knew, this is it, I'm done. He hit the ground, he hit the dirt, eyes still closed, I'm done, it's over. One more scream left Keith's mouth, and then a breeze ran over his skin, the same breeze that had stopped whenever he had saw the creature. In the distance, he could hear the forest come to life again. Keith opened his eyes, only to see that his first porch step was in front of him, and he was laying in the light coming from the house. Out of breath, panicking, sweating, Keith thinks, I'm home. Oh, thank God, I'm home. What was that? It's the only thing that he could keep thinking. I don't understand. And as Keith's telling me this whenever we're standing in school, and I'm hearing this, and I'm hear that he made it, that he ran from this thing in the darkness. I'm in disbelief. I'm like, what? You ran from a dog or something. But Keith continues. He said, I stood up, and I dusted my jeans off, and I had made it. I was safe. I was in the light of the house. All I had to do was go up the porch steps. Uh, I could hear noise coming from the rooms in the house. So he stands up, and he dusts his pants off. And gives one final look behind him. And standing at the edge of where the light meets the darkness of the forest. Was the creature. Just standing there. Patiently on two legs. Waiting. Grunting. Breathing heavy. Pacing back and forth. And as it paced. The only thing Keith said that he could hear was what sounded like limbs cracking. And that was with every step that it took, almost as if it was contorting itself to stand up. Keith didn't make another sound. He 
He turned around calmly, and this time he walked inside, shut and locked the door, and didn't look out the windows again. Now, when Keith told me the story, he said that one thing that he did not do was he never looked it in the eye, and he never stared too long. He saw the red eyes, but he said, I never looked it directly in the eye. He said that he was afraid to know what would have happened if he had done that. To this day, we don't know what it was that hunted Keith that night. But if you're planning a camping trip soon, make sure to steer clear of the Appalachian Mountains. Either that, or pack extra bravery. That was our campfire tale. Now... Anybody that is listening, and if you enjoyed that, uh, please do let us know. We might end up doing more of these. And also, I want to know, do you think that this story is true? Um, do you think that Keith told me this story? Do you think that Keith is real? Do you think that there is a cryptid that chased my friend? What are your thoughts? I'm curious. Um, obviously, I know the answer. But I'm, uh, I'm curious as to what it is that you guys think that it could be. And make sure that you comment. Whether you do it on Instagram, you can find us on Instagram and just comment on one of our posts. Let us know. Or you can do it below. Uh, you can do it on YouTube because this episode will be there as well. Um, but with that being said, I hope everyone enjoyed it. I hope that you have a spooky week. Uh... Get ready for Halfway to Halloween and keep turn, tuning in to the Halloween 365 podcast. Uh, once again, I am Justin. Stay spooky, people. You're at the end of your trip. There's a good chance you may never leave here alive.